Chapter Three of Candide by Voltaire, translated by Philip Littell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How Candide made his escape from the Bulgarians, and what afterwards became of him. There was never anything so gallant, so spruce, so brilliant, and so well disposed as the two armies. Trumpets, fifes, Houtboys, drums, and cannon made music such as hell itself had never heard. The cannons, first of all, laid flat about six thousand men on each side. The muskets swept away from this best of worlds nine or ten thousand ruffians who infested its surface. The bayonet was also a sufficient reason for the death of several thousands. The whole might amount to thirty thousand souls. Candide, who trembled like a philosopher, hid himself as well as he could during this heroic butchery. At length, while the two kings were causing Te Deum to be sung each in his own camp, Candide resolved to go and reason elsewhere on effects and causes. He passed over heaps of dead and dying, and first reached a neighboring village. It was in cinders. It was in Abare village, which the Bulgarians had burnt according to the laws of war. Here, old men covered with wounds beheld their wives hugging their children to their bloody breasts, massacred before their faces. There, their daughters disemboweled and breathing their last after having satisfied the natural wants of Bulgarian heroes, while others, half burnt in the flames, begged to be dispatched. The earth was strewed with brains, arms, and legs. Candide fled quickly to another village. It belonged to the Bulgarians, and the Abarian heroes had treated it in the same way. Candide, walking always over palpitating limbs or across ruins, arrived at last beyond the seat of war with a few provisions in his knapsack, and Miss Cunegonde always in his heart. His provisions failed him when he arrived in Holland, but having heard that everybody was rich in that country, and that they were Christians, he did not doubt but he should meet with the same treatment from them as he had met with in the baron's castle, before Miss Cunegonde's bright eyes were the cause of his expulsion thence. He asked alms of several grave-looking people, who all answered him, that if he continued to follow this trade, they would confine him to the house of correction, where he should be taught to get a living. The next he addressed was a man who had been haranguing a large assembly for a whole hour on the subject of charity, but the orator, looking askew, said, "'What are you doing here? Are you for the good cause?' "'There can be no effect without a cause.' modestly answered candide the whole is necessarily concatenated and arranged for the best it was necessary for me to have been banished from the presence of miss cunegonde to have afterwards run the gauntlet and now it is necessary i should beg my bread until i learn to earn it all this cannot be otherwise my friend said the orator to him do you believe the Pope to be Antichrist? I have not heard it, answered Candide, 
but whether he be or whether he be not, I want bread. Thou dost not deserve to eat, said the other. Be gone, rogue, be gone, wretch. Do not come near me again. The orator's wife, putting her head out of the window and spying a man that doubted whether the Pope was Antichrist, poured over him a fool. Oh, heavens, to what excess does religious zeal carry the ladies? A man who had never been christened, a good Anabaptist named James, beheld the cruel and ignominious treatment shown to one of his brethren. An unfeathered biped with a rational soul, he took him home, cleaned him, gave him bread and beer, presented him with two florins, and even wished to teach him the manufacture of Persian stuffs, which they make in Holland. Candide, almost prostrating himself before him, cried, "'Master Pangloss has well said that all is for the best in this world, for I am infinitely more touched by your extreme generosity than with the inhumanity of that gentleman in the black coat and his lady.' The next day, as he took a walk, he met a beggar all covered with scabs, his eyes diseased, the end of his nose eaten away, his mouth distorted, his teeth black, choking in his throat, tormented with a violent cough, and spitting out a tooth at each effort. End of chapter 3 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia